morning, John. Good morning, Ray. It's great to be here for another episode of Saturday Morning Sales Meeting. We are here. It's a gorgeous day on the banks of the Tennessee River, as oh my usual. God. Yeah, it's. I mean, we are here on the banks of the Tennessee River as usual. As it's usual. It's a gorgeous day, which is unusual. Right. Yeah. No, <laughs> very few clouds in the sky. The water looks fantastic. Oh, it's glistening, Ray. Oh, my gosh. And the temperature, it's like natural air conditioning. 73 degrees, my thermometer says. What a beautiful day. It's yeah. hard to believe that the whole country is on lockdown. Well, if it stays this pretty, I don't think we're going to be for long. People can't be cooped up in their house when it's this gorgeous outside. Yeah. And they don't have to be in their house. They just have to be away from other people. Yeah. Well, I was talking to my dad this morning. Who uh, He goes to the local park and rides his bike every day for about an hour. And I bought a bike a couple of days ago. I said, hey, maybe I'll go riding with you. He said, well, he said, it, it was nice to go when it was cloudy and rainy because I was the only one there. <laughs> he said, but... In other words, stay home, John. <laughs> he said, yesterday I went and it was nice and sunny. And he said, hey, you could... he said, I almost had two wrecks. <laughs> Which I don't know if that says more about his riding technique <laughs> right. at, at 76 years old. Or uh, or if it, he was saying it's very crowded right now. Oh, I'm sure it is, especially today. It's all that pent-up energy of people wanting to get outside and enjoy springtime. Yes, well, the, spring has sprung. Well, the same can be said, Ray, about the car business. I believe we have a lot of pent-up buying energy that is going to explode here as soon as... As soon as this uh, virus blows over. I love how you just pulled that right into what we're going to talk about today. Which is overcoming objections. Right. And everything comes down to an objection. Absolutely. Right? Sell or be sold. Amen. And uh, that's what we're going to talk about is how are we going to overcome the objections that we're faced with in dealing with a potential buyer? Well, let's start at square one, shall we? Would you like to start at square one? Um, I'm not sure which square is square one. I'm going to tell you which one it is. Oh. Or is that, well, why, I'm just so asking, why are you asking me if I'd like to start there if you already have a plan? Because go. maybe you'd like to go at square five. I don't know. Ready, go. On every interaction with a customer, a sale occurs. Okay. Whether they sell you on why they can't do what you're asking or you sell them on what you're asking, uh, a sale does occur. Now, whether that's in service or buying a new car or uh, coming down for a test drive or setting the appointment, a sale is occurring on every interaction with a customer. That's brilliant. You came up with that yourself. In a way. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought of it. So anybody that someone would hear repeat that, they need to know that it originated with John Higgins. Write a thank you note on the back of a $20 bill. And send it to... SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com Absolutely. That we actually want you to physically mail, not necessarily email. <laughs> if you could take a picture of it front and back. <laughs> and then send it to us. That, yeah, that would need to be a check. <laughs> yeah, a, a check we could, we know, could we still can, deposit. We could just print it out. And can go take it somewhere and say, here... Uh, Joe from San Diego sent me this 20. Uh, I don't know if that'll work. That doesn't work? Yeah, it's worth a shot. Uh, You try it first. (laughs) So I was sharing with you um, a story that my my father used to use all the time, and I've used it uh, when I was selling in the car business. 
uh, where he would be talking to somebody who he was friends with, wasn't doing business with. Mm-hmm. And he would bring up the, he would say, well, you know the old Ford and Firestone story. And they would typically say no. And he'd say, well, Ford and Firestone were fishing buddies. And when they were first fishing together, Ford would, was producing cars, but he wasn't using Firestone's tires on his cars. And finally, one day while they were out fishing, Firestone just came out and asked him and said, you know, Henry, you, you, you're making cars. You're putting tires on the cars. I make tires. Why don't you use my tires on your cars? And Henry Ford said back to Mr. Firestone, well, frankly, because you never asked. And my father would follow that up with, so I'm asking, right? Let's do, business, do business together. Yeah. yeah. So I've I, I used that to encourage friends or people that I've known, family members and whatnot, and say, you know, the Ford and Firestone story, hey, I'm asking. Right. If you're in the market for a car, please consider using me as your as your salesperson. So. It's not really overcoming an objection, but no. It's, but I uh, think it's uh, yeah, asking for the business, right? Which I think is how we draw out objections. We have to first ask for the buying commitment, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, if the figures were agreeable and the car was perfect, would you do business today? Yeah. It amazed me going to dealerships around the country and seeing salespeople who would have a full box of their business cards. And I would think, well, how long have you had those? Oh, this was the first box I got. (laughs) What are they doing in the box? They're not going to help you at all sitting in that box. Why aren't you giving them out to every person that you talk to? If you're not giving out 10, 20 cards a day, you're you're wasting a resource, an opportunity to market, brand, if you will. You know, I never thought about that. I've got half a box of my last five jobs. Half a box of cards. Go give them out, John. I should. Right. (laughs) <laughs> Just scratch out the logo. Yeah, right. <laughs> Maybe my cell number is still the same. I knew a guy, a, a gentleman I did, a, I am doing consulting with, has a business down in uh, in Panama City, and he hired a new guy from Connecticut who just moved down to the area uh, to be a salesman for him. And, man, I was so impressed because that guy grabbed a stack of my friend who owned the business's business cards mm-hmm. and some whiteout. And just whited out his name and wrote in his own name with the company's information and, and telephone number and said, man, I'm not waiting around until I get my business cards to go out and drum up some business. Yeah. Well, well, hopefully your you. buddy will order him some yeah, cards. Right. And maybe it just encouraged him to be that much faster on the draw to get that guy cards in his hand. Right, right. But. Uh, so let's dive into some objections here. So obviously, you know, when I think of overcoming objections, quite a few come to mind. You know, I'm just looking. Uh, I need to talk to my wife or husband. Uh, I don't have my trade-in with me. You know, these are all car deal questions. You know, when we're on the lot negotiating a deal. Uh, but there are others. You know, why could a customer not set an appointment to come visit the dealership? Right. And how can we overcome those objections? So, And what, what might they object to on the financing? I think many of the objection handling techniques that we use on the phone could very easily be transferred over to when you're belly to belly on the lot. Mm -hmm. Um, Some are very unique and specific to the phone and overcoming the objection of an appointment rather than necessarily overcoming the objection of moving forward in the car buying process. Getting back to the first list that you put out there, I like the one you have for uh, let me talk to my wife. Right. Hey, I really like the car, but let me talk to my wife. And, and 
What's the one that you always yeah, say, or one, one of the ones you say when that you have had that situation? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so that one is, what do you think she'll say? Right. So, you know, you give figures and, you know, whatever happens, you're sitting at your desk or you're walking them to the car, you know, well, I've got to go talk to my wife. Uh, great. You know, I, I can appreciate that. I understand that, you know, this is a mutual decision. What do you think she'll say? And if he says, well, I think she'll say yes, but I just want to run it by her. Perfect. Hey, let's go ahead and wrap it up. I mean, well, you're here now. Do you want to come down and spend another two hours? Yeah. You know, after you talk to her, you, you're sure she's going to say yes. So the other one is, well, I think she's going to say no. Well, that's perfect because there's some reason he's not buying the car. And that's probably what he's going to tell his wife. Right. So, again, that conversation normally goes something like, you know, what do you think she'll say? Oh, I think she'll say no. Well, what do you think she'll say no to? Well, I think she's going to say the payment's too high. Oh, great. Well, you know, obviously, <laughs> he thinks the payment is too high. So now at least we have a, uh, a an obstacle that we can overcome. Right. Now we know what the holdup is. Yeah. And, and I think, is that not what we're doing in all of these rebuttals or overcoming objections is we're trying we're not trying to badger the client into seeing things our way we're trying to get out the root of what's the holdup you know what is giving them a nervous feeling or worries about doing this deal absolutely we we are looking for what part of the of what you've seen, what I presented to you, is not sitting well with you, or you have an issue with? I I know uh, one of the things that my friend John Frew Morgan, when he teaches his green pea training, mm-hmm. is when he presents numbers, he, before he shows the numbers, he holds them to his chest and he says, "Listen, whatever you have a problem with on this form, will you just make me one assurance? Is that you'll let me know." what number on this form you have a problem with. And, and, and I've heard you say this before because he knows or he believes they're going to have a problem right. with well, something. When, the first time I heard him say that, I, I said, you know, John, why would you encourage them to have a problem with one of those numbers? Why yeah. would you say it in a way that would assume they're going to have a problem with one of those numbers? Why wouldn't you present the numbers as if you would believe that they're not going to have a problem with any of those yeah. numbers? And he responded to me, Ray, they're going to have a problem with one of the numbers. It's, yeah. There's no, it's it's not a matter of maybe they won't. They're going to. So let's give them permission or encourage them or ask them or get an assurance from them that they will agree to share with me. Because really what I need to know more than anything, kind of what you alluded to or, or actually said, is what which one of those numbers is the problem? Is it the trade value? Is it the payment? Is it the price of the vehicle? Because... If I know which one it is, then I can restructure the deal in a way that's going to alleviate that concern. Right, but right. the last thing I want to do is lower the price of the vehicle, and that wasn't the issue. Well, I like what you said there at the end, but I just have to go on record saying I'm very unsure about that Frew Morgan technique. I, 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 here's my thinking, is if 5% of the customers you know, only 5%, one in 20 are going to say yes to the initial uh, write-up, then I don't want to encourage those 5% to find a problem. You know, I, I, I would present the numbers saying, hey, great, you know, we've got this done. We, I think you're going to love these numbers. Let me show you what we've got. Well, I, I think his perspective is that 
if they're okay with the numbers, if they're, then there's a chance, a percentage of the 5% that are going to say, look at it and go, no, I'm, yeah, I don't really see any issue here. But he would rather get the commitment from the customer that if there's a problem, he finds more value in them agreeing that they will. That there's going to be a problem. See, well, that no, kind no, no, of no, blows no. my they, mind. They, they are We're agreeing there's going to be a problem. They're agreeing that they'll share with me which of the numbers on the paper they have a concern about. Yeah. Right? So he would rather have the commitment from the customer that I'm going to agree to share with you which one of the numbers are my concern rather than that's more valuable than the potential of I've allowed them, encouraged them, whatever you will, yeah. uh, to well, have I, a I problem like with the number. Yeah, I like that point of view of uh, kind of coming to it mutually saying, no matter how we both feel about these, we're going to work it out. Right. You know, so I, I do get that angle and I like that approach. Uh, I'm just not, I don't know. I'm not 100% sold. Okay. Well, you know. <laughs> but, but hey, it's it's got some value. And I can see that. And I can see why he would like it. Yeah. If well, I were him, I would love it too. <laughs> my, <laughs> my dad told me one time, uh, oh, well, if you were, we were talking about some business situation. He said, well, if you were that guy, you'd feel the same way. <laughs> well, we got to talking about it. And it's an old Dale Carnegie principle that... If you were that guy, you would feel the way that guy feels. Because you'd be him. <laughs> right, right. So so I've used that in negotiations and talking with clients. Well, you know, I, don't, I just don't feel like you're giving me enough for my car. Well, sir, if I were you, I'd feel the same way. <laughs> now, unfortunately... I'm not you. No, this, this is what the market says it's worth. Right. You know. So we, we kind of covered, you know, I, I wouldn't want to make a decision without talking to my wife or, you know, showing it to my wife or whatnot. Uh, I think that's a great opportunity to put them in the vehicle. Hey, let me put a plate on it. Why don't you take it to your wife, show it to her. Where is she at? Or we can go together if your dealership doesn't necessarily promote allowing those customers to sure. do the uh, barred vehicle agreement and doesn't really encourage that. They want the salesman to stay with the car. Great. Why don't we, where is she now? Can we go to her? I'd love well, that, for her to be able to take a look at it. Those are all great ideas, Ray, but I think those are last resorts. Okay. I mean, obviously, what we're talking about today is overcoming objections. Right. Uh, I think, I mean, not to disagree with you twice on one episode, but that's kind of, that's what you would do if you cannot overcome the objection. Well, I'm giving you permission to disagree with me, John, so that we can get to the root of the problem. <laughs> but no, I think uh, I have used that, you know, D-horse I mean, it was a favorite move of mine to the chagrin of my sales manager. Well, how else can you work three customers at the same time, John? You got to stick one in a car and send him away so that you can actually work the other two. I get it. So you catch eight ups in a day. Right. You got three riding. (laughs) Plus, you've now gotten those vehicles off the lot so nobody else can buy them (laughs) while this guy's out considering. And they say, they say, do you have any appointments for tomorrow? Well, yeah, I got three in our cars. So, (laughs) I mean, I'm I'm assuming they'll be back. Yeah. If not. Right, we'll be going to get them. (laughs) So, uh, okay, but let's move on to uh, one of the other ones you listed there. Yeah, uh, well, let's... I mean, we can do that, but I was going to say for a moment, can we just kind of talk about 
the big picture of overcoming objections. When I go do consulting in dealerships and I'm teaching about rebuttals, I always try to explain why these are good rebuttals and and what the idea behind them is so that if they if the customers come up with a different type of objection, then the team knows how to handle it. So they're not stuck with these 10 or 12 I give them. Kind of they teach them to fish rather than necessarily give them a fish. Man, that's what I'm trying to say. But you know what? Jeez. We're a good team here, John. We should work together. So when I go into dealerships and do trainings, uh, especially on this overcoming objections, and uh, yeah, I want them to understand, and I say this to them so that they understand kind of my mentality of the why behind the what. Right, Not just what to do, but why you're doing it, how this is impacting the customer, how your language, your word tracks, what it's doing to reframe the issue in a way that gets to the root of the problem or shows them the other perspective of what it is that they're I they're couldn't agree more. With. I think that's, that's a fantastic approach, the why, not the what. And I think it comes back to our 10 questions or 10 answers to four questions that we have talked about before. Why buy today? Why buy here? Why buy the product? And why buy from me, which uh, I kind of leave out sometimes. I just yeah. do the three. Why buy here? Why buy today? And why buy this product? Yeah. Uh, but I think if you have good answers to those three questions, then you're not overcoming objections. You're not giving one-liner rebuttals anymore. All you're doing is explaining get that if you need to no i don't you want to keep recording no please go <laughs> i've got hey, mine on mute it, nothing that's going to come over this phone is more important than you right now john <laughs> go so if we truly believe that today is the best day to buy a car today uh, this place is the best place to buy it and that this vehicle is the best one to buy then you're not throwing out a one-liner rebuttal to each objection. You're explaining to the customer why you feel the way that you feel. And, and hopefully, if you're a motivational, persuasive person, that's coming across uh, you know, in a positive way that's going to bring them to, their, to your point of view. But we want to be as concise as possible. I've seen those salespeople who will over-explain what it is that they find value in. And sometimes they miss the what the customer's real concern is and if we can with you know one line or you know a a short statement get the customer to rethink their position Mm -hmm. i I think that that's ultimately the goal we want to be yeah i think we're saying the same thing you're you're saying to get it down to a sentence be succinct Yes, be succinct. I agree with that. And hey, if if you've got a Rolodex of 50 of these in your mind, well, hey, that's where you should be because you shouldn't be trying to think of these on the fly. When someone says, I'm just here to look, don't bother me, you shouldn't be talking for five minutes about why they shouldn't feel that way. Right. You should say, no, I understand. Hey, most people are here to look the first day and get information. What information can I get you? I, I don't want to promote an argument. Right, right. I, I, Always I agree, agree first, man. That's right. a Cardone thing. Yeah. Absolutely. We want to agree first. And when I would share the, let's say we've got a list of you know, 50 objection handling techniques mm-hmm. or word tracks. Yeah. When I would share those, I would tell people, I would encourage you to try them all. But there's some that just aren't going to feel right. They're not going to sound right. You're mm-hmm. not really going to get behind using them. 
and don't use those. Absolutely. Not everyone is ideal for every person. Find the few that you feel really good about the delivery of and use your success as the measure. Which is normally why we throw out 50, right? We don't expect every person to know all 50. But 10 might speak to John and 10 might speak to Ray and another 10 might speak to Mary. That's why we have options. We do. We give plenty of options. And, And... Another thing that I encourage in sales training is nobody's going to sell like Ray sells, and they probably won't be effective doing it the Ray way. They need to take the information that I'm giving them and mold it into the John way or the Mary way or the Bill way. Because if they're not comfortable with what they're saying, then it's not going to come across in a comfortable manner, which means it's going to feel odd to them and the customer is going to... Probably going to pick up on yeah, that. They're, yeah, they're not going to uh, quickly endorse. Well, or is this your on. first day? Are you trying yeah. to sell me like Ray would sell me? <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, you sound a lot like, but not quite not You're quite using as the same words? Yeah. It's like... Uh, uh, yeah, somebody trying to tell you about a comedy routine they saw, right? <laughs> it's just not the same. When someone tries to explain, they could use the same words. Right. They could say the same thing. And then they get frustrated with, yeah. <laughs> it brings to God, mind. this was so funny. How are you not laughing? <laughs> Ray, have you ever watched The Office? Oh, I love The Office. You know you do. I do. <laughs> so, do you remember Michael Scott talking about the Chris Rock routine? <laughs> Just it wasn't just, the same. It doesn't come across the same. Absolutely. So, so yeah, find find the ones you like. Uh, build your own, but uh, keep this in mind that all you're trying to do is get to the next step in the process, right? Right. We've talked about that before. but So we've talked about just looking. We've talked about I need to talk to my spouse. Um, some others, you know, the, my, I don't have my training with me. You know, that was an old school technique that, you know, even car buying advisors would tell customers to do. Don't bring your trade. Right. Leave Borrow a car home. if you have to. Yeah. Uh, that way, which is, I mean, it's hilarious that how could you be so afraid that you might accidentally buy a car that you won't even bring your trade in with you? Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's people are nervous and I what they're most nervous about when they go to a car dealership is that they're going to buy a car. Right. Right. Well, so, I think they're afraid. That would be fine, I believe, that they buy a car. I think what they're afraid of is feeling like they didn't get a good deal. Like they're going to be sold a car. Yeah, right. 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 Not that they bought a car, but that they were yeah. sold a car. The old buyer's remorse, right? right. The, the funny thing about buyer's remorse, I've heard, is that it's so hard for people to admit that they to themselves that they made a bad decision that they will defend their decision, you know, to a great extent. Oh, right. So if you can get them to decide to buy, they will probably convince themselves it was a good purchase. Absolutely. (laughs) And they'll go lie to their neighbors. Oh, I got a great deal on this. And they're going to tell them they got it for $10,000 less than what they actually paid. Because they don't want to feel like an idiot. Now, in this day and age, that hopefully doesn't happen as much as it did before. We are a new business. We are putting in a... uh, a new reputation. We're trying to build a new reputation for our industry. We are. And I think we're succeeding in that. Uh, we are com- we becoming are. more customer service oriented 
I think car salespeople are now considered just above politicians, whereas they used to <laughs> and be lawyers. below. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think we've, we've crested the, the lawyer oh, benchmark okay. yet, but, but we are above politicians. Well, I know what for years they said, uh, you know, they did national studies and the the worst experience people had in their lives, you know, regularly was going to the dentist. <laughs> and the second was buying a car. Well, hey, at least we beat the dentists. <laughs> right. You're not an anti-dentite, are you? Anti-dentite. Did you just make that up? I did. I did. And Jerry Seinfeld stole it from me. Oh, man, this is a good Diet Coke. Thank you for bringing this to me. No problem. No sugar, no calories. How about that? Just all poisons and... It does have phenocadonuria in it. I can't believe you were able to even say that word. I wrote a uh, I wrote a term paper on it in high school or college. Phenocadonuria? Yeah, I think it was in high school. How about that? I don't remember what it is, but, but Diet Coke has... If you read the back of it, it has a warning. Phenocadonurics, or phenocadonurics contains phenylalanine. They just have to tell you well, that. I'm glad because I would not have known that phenylketoneria had phenylketerine in it. Phenylalanine in it? That's what I said. <laughs> I love these little breaks we take in the middle of episodes. Yeah, and most of them end up on the cutting room floor. I know, but we ought to leave some in. Maybe well, I'll leave well, this one I in. think we leave more in than I think we leave more in <laughs> than I plan to. Well, what do you, do you, I'll go back and listen to him and go, John, I thought we were going to cut that out. And there it is. All right. So overcoming objections, we have talked about quite a few. Uh, one of these, <coughs> one of these days, I would like to do an episode where we just, I mean, laser focused on closes and objections in the close. You know, negotiating price, negotiating the write-up. I mean, I just want to snap them off and overcome them maybe one of us can give some and the other one can overcome them okay uh just you know to get down a rapid fire response which i think you know if you're a salesman listening to this or a sales manager you know we're kind of discussing this and and talking about it and it's long and drawn out but this ought to be an immediate rebuttal you know when you, when you get an objection on the floor, you ought to have something to say right away. Absolutely. I mean, I've said before in podcasts, it surprises me the number of veteran salespeople that I come across and I'm doing a sales training and I'll ask the veterans. So when you hear just looking, what is it that you say? And they don't have a response. And I'm thinking, how is it in a business where you know there's no doubt you're going to hear just looking that you aren't prepared to respond to that just looking uh, rebuttal, right? Or, or objection. And it, it just floors me that, I mean, everybody should have something on the tip of their tongue. I hear just looking. Here's what I say. Right. And there's a number of different ways to tackle it. I may tackle it one way and you may another, but at least be prepared. <laughs> at least expect it. Yeah. Right. This will be something that we'll readdress in additional episodes. I think there's I think so. There's more a lot than more enough. meat here. Yeah. yeah, there's more than enough that we can continue to talk about with regard to this. And and like I've said, it is, I think, especially when you're talking BDCs, it should be the majority of the time that you spend in coaching and training your BDC agents, right? I mean, you, you get that. We've talked about you know call volume, contact ratio, appointment ratio, 
show ratio and, and solds, but the majority of the training should revolve around overcoming objections, which is getting that appointment. Technique. Yeah. It comes down to technique. It does, and preparation. Well, we appreciate you joining us here on Saturday Morning Sales Meeting. Thank you for listening. If you enjoy the podcast, you can go to SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com where you can listen to additional episodes, read articles, and learn more about John and Ray. We also cover topics such as automotive sales and service, best practices, training, and techniques that you can put in place today to sell more vehicles and write more ROs. Or gain more dollars per RO. To register for a total dealership assessment, you can visit the website for more information or simply send an email to info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. What's that email address again? It's info, Ray, at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. It's info, Ray, at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com? No, Ray, it's just info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. So just info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. You've got it. Great.